looking at the research that Dove did in partnership with LinkedIn, it's called the Crown 2023 Workplace Research Study found that black women's hair is 2.5 times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional. In addition, they said two out of three black women change their hair for a job interview. Among 41% of them change their hair from curly to straight. And lastly, over 20% of black women ages 25 to 34 have been sent home from work because of their hair. That's wild. Mi gente, dímelo, dímelo, what's good? Welcome to another episode of the Quien Tu Eres podcast brought to you by Plural. You already know, it's your boy Pavel bringing you another special episode. This week, we're joined by our head of partnership, Samara, to talk about a research study that was published in partnership between Dove and LinkedIn. The research in particular was talking about the status of the Crown Act, which we'll get into what it means, what it's aiming to solve, and some stats that stood out to us. Before getting into the full episode, it's important to call out, whenever talking about any of these research studies, especially about the workplace experience for underrepresented groups, I dare you to find a research study that includes a quote with a face and a name attached to it. In my experience, whenever I read these research studies, they're full of anonymous quotes. It typically says something along the lines of, black executive said, Latina manager said, Latino executive said, and I'm just like, why is it full of anonymous quotes? I'm always so curious into who these people are. Sometimes they don't even have quotes. It just says, I don't know, 40, 41% of black women experience X, Y, and Z. Who are these black women that are experiencing these challenges? I want to get more detail into their story, their experience, so that I can ask them further questions and it can provide additional context into the story. Unfortunately, these workplace experiences and talking about them openly, it's rare. And that's because of the fear for retaliation, the impact of our personal branding, amongst other things. That's why the Quintueres podcast and what we've built, thanks to y'all's support, is rare and also needed there are not many if there are any other platforms where people are talking openly publicly and putting a face and a name to their experiences so as you listen to this episode and we highlight stats just know that there are real people behind those stats experiencing these challenges anyway let's get into this informative and insightful episode that i know you're gonna enjoy I'm not going to lie. I was a little upset the other day when this popped up in my feed. Why? I was full of so much jealousy. <laughs> Yo, jealousy? All right, shout, out to, shout out to Dove. Shout out to the Crown Act Coalition. But I wish I was them. I wish. And I'm happy for it because it's moving the whole culture forward. It's, mo it's moving. It's redefining professionalism. Is helping all of us. I just wish that was our policy. I'm not going to lie. The Crown Act is kind of fire. It even has like a dope acronym in it too. I'm just like, yeah. like you ever see something and you're just like, damn, I wish I made that. Mm -hmm. All the time. Oh. All the time. The Snuggie, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good name too. Exactly. Like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Well, but for those that are listening, for those that are watching, we're talking about how on LinkedIn, our feeds were full 
of people commenting, sharing their own perspective on a recent study that was published from Dove and LinkedIn about the Crown Act. What is what does the Crown Act stand for again? Creating a respectful and open world for natural hair. And it's not just an idea. Apparently, it's a bill that they've been trying to pass and actually have passed in, I think, 20 different states, including District of Columbia. Yeah, so it's legislation that was put forth. It's not enacted in all states, but the entire idea and premise behind it is that it's intended to really prohibit employers and schools from enforcing policies that require employees or students to straighten or alter their hair texture to conform to more Eurocentric beauty standards. The interesting part when I was reading about it, too, I mean, there's various interesting parts, but one, the hairstyles that were called out during it, it mm. seems to be black hairstyles. And when you read when you read sort of like where they're trying to sort of like protect people, it says in the workplace and public schools. And mm. I remember when I was in high school, I went to a Catholic school, which you had to pay tuition. So by definition, it wasn't public mm -hmm. and i remember kids being upset by certain policies in place and they were just like it's a private school like we get to make the rules right. essentially and yep. at that school all boys catholic school like we had to shave our facial hair and we couldn't have any of the same hairstyles that they mentioned braids locks twists afros any of that it, it felt like a little mini factory for corporate mm. and I'm making an assumption here, but was the school predominantly white? <laughs> no, it was it was all black and Latinos. All. But it was a they Catholic like, school. It was a Catholic school. But it wasn't. It's interesting because it wasn't just my Catholic school. Like all Catholic schools in New York City mm -hmm. had that same sort of rule. Yeah. So it's interesting, this idea between like it, it, they specifically called out public schools, which is interesting, mm -hmm. right? Because the idea of like a private school in theory, like you could make up your own rules. And I wonder right. when they mentioned workplaces, they didn't necessarily say like government run organizations or mm -hmm. like public jobs. So I wonder, like, do corporations have that same level of autonomy just to create their own rules as well? You know what I mean? Mm, that's a good question. I'm not sure. What is also interesting is that because it's not federal, it's on a state by state level. So not every state has it, which is why Dove and LinkedIn have partnered together. Dove back in 2019 actually, when kind of the original Crown Act came, created the Crown Coalition. And they've been trying to raise awareness to push this forward. And the campaign is based on getting petitions to enact this on a federal level. Because, okay, there's 20 like somewhere like 18 states that have it that's less than half of you know the states in our, our country so not everybody is doing this which means there's still a big gap out there yeah when you yeah. were in, in when you were in high school did you want to have long hair or at any point have you had like long hair have you ever grown your head hair not beard hair out <laughs> You're like, obviously, taking over your whole face. Um, <laughs> I've never had long hair. I've always had like a short haircut. And there have been times where I wanted to grow it. But 
I never liked the way it looked, but I can't tell if that's like if I really don't like the way it looks or it's just because I've been trained to believe that it doesn't look good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So like, for example, like it wasn't until the pandemic where I found out like my hair actually curled a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I have always been curious of like what it looks like just long in general. Prior to 2020 straight hair. Now, I couldn't even tell you the last time I had my hair straight. Mm-hmm. My hair is always curly always and that's like how i prefer it actually i mean you're not alone the the reason some of y'all might be able to tell i had longer hair but i cut it very short and one of the reasons why i cut it very short other than like i wanted to try it i've never had hair this short is because with my curl type it's much looser so i'm like a you know 2a ish and with long hair it weighs down my curls and makes it straight and miami it's always hot i pull my hair back a lot and i have it tied up so it it pulls out my curls so i cut my hair so that it could be shorter so my curls wouldn't get weighed down so i have more like volume and definition and it's much easier for me to take care of because like to be able to put product and do a wash day on this is a lot more manageable right. than when my hair was like halfway down my back. I think for guys, there's typically pressure to keep your hair short. Mm-hmm. But for women, is there pressure to keep it long? And the oh, reason yeah. I say this. Oh, interesting. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the reason I asked that, too, is because, yo, comments be wild. But there's this one comment where I was talking about short hair for women. I don't remember why. I think it was an example, maybe of a podcast guest. And in the comments, somebody wrote, of course, they were like, user two four five six like of course they're not gonna put their name right but they were like short hair are women that should only be for like grandmas i was like mm. what mm-hmm. yeah there is and it's a cultural thing right so it depends on your culture and and whatnot but there is kind of this understanding if you would that the male gaze prefers long hair on women and so whenever women like cut their hair short a big thing and it's like oh my god what did you do like what happened you go through a breakup like (laughs) it's it's always a thing and it's frustrating for various reasons but yeah i wanted to do it for myself and i really didn't care what anybody else thought of it so i'm like i'm gonna do it short and your opinion on it is irrelevant to me honestly but yeah. yes, back to the crown act. What's interesting when I was, you know, listening to your story about like getting ready for interviews and all of those things, you're not alone. I was looking at data and there's a couple data points that I think stood out to me that were interesting and just validate your experience. It says, and this is again, looking at the research that Dove did in partnership with LinkedIn, it's called the Crown 2023 Workplace Research Study found that black women's hair is 2.5 times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional. In addition, they said two out of three black women change their hair for a job interview. Among 41% of them change their hair from curly to straight. And lastly, over 20% of black women ages 25 to 34 have been sent home from work because of their hair. That's wild. That is wild. wild. Like, can you imagine just like 
the awkwardness, the embarrassment, just like how did that conversation like all of the things? Yeah, I can't and, I cannot even imagine. And how did like who sent them home in terms of was it their direct manager? Was it like someone from HR? Was there like a meeting on their calendar? That's crazy. And I think that's what's missing from a lot of these studies. And I'm literally calling out all studies. I'm not focusing on this one in particular, but I want to know that person's experience. I want to hear that person's full story. I want to be able to ask them questions. But in all studies, when it comes to workplace experiences, rarely do you have like an experience tied to a, a face, a picture, a name, and you get details mm-hmm. on that person's experience. But it's because... To your point, like, what if it was their manager that called them out and they still work there? Like, do they want to share their experience and call their manager out? There's so much fear for retaliation, personal branding. Like, are you going to be known as the woman at that job that snitched on their manager about Mm -hmm. something serious to you as hair? But for other people, they're like, about hair? Yeah. And it's also interesting, I would imagine, did, did the person agree or disagree with, you know, this decision to have this person go home. Mm, What do you mean? Let's say it was your manager and they got a complaint from somebody else and they didn't actually agree with it. Or it was someone from HR and they didn't actually agree with it. There's also that part of it, right? Like where is the complaint coming from and who ultimately has the last say on it? And what is the, the rationale behind such a decision? Right. Like if you're being sent home, one would hope that it's getting documented somewhere. What does the documentation say? What is the justification? Was sent home because her braids were popping? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah. Also, like sent home, like sent home to cut it. Like, are you just sent home to come back to the same shit? Like, I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. With a lot of these research studies, I wonder how much of this are we ourselves willing to put up with? I have a friend who's a police officer in the state of New York. And for a long time, there was a rule that you had to had, had to have a clean shaven face and like mm-hmm. shave every couple of days. He is Dominican and Haitian and he has a full beard. And for him to shave multiple times, like he ends up with irritation on his skin Mm because that's just how his skin goes. He actually had to go through and get special permission and medical clearance, Mm -hmm. like an actual doctor's note to say, like, he can't be shaving his beard for him to have an exemption. And then Mm -hmm. once a new sergeant i want to say came in then that rule ended up going away and um, they don't have it anymore but in order to be like in order for him to go and join um this department that's what it was yeah and there's so many jobs like that like look at the yankees like the crown act and this is my thing with policies where i'm just like I, I, like, I don't know how powerful they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to be optimistic and say, like, that's exactly what we need. But at the same time, I look at the New York Yankees, where in New York, the Crown Act has been active for right. years. Yet this is, you know, not a public institution. It's a private organization. 
where mm-hmm. you get to decide if you want to work there. It's the most winning franchise in all of baseball, maybe all of sports. There's clout playing for the Yankees, all of this shit, right? Yeah. And till this day, there are stories of black players going there and having to cut off their dreads, um, shave their beards, like do all these things in order to say, I play for the New York Yankees. You know what I mean? And I wonder for policies, like, are they only powerful if we take legal action? But like, who the fuck is going to sue the Yankees? Like, again, what if you go play for the Yankees and you're like, no, I'm not I'm not cutting my dreads. Is any other team going to sign you? Are you going to be blackballed from every other team because you're a mm. troublemaker? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just I'm struggling and, and wondering, like, how much impact do these policies have without someone taking legal action? Yeah, that's a good question. And I would imagine that part of that comes from internally as well to be able to say how many people would then raise their hand to be like, hey, like I'm wearing my natural hair now. Right. And would it be enough people where the company is finally like, fine, sort of thing, right? Or like the Yankees, if they were like, almost almost like, um, you know, when like folks unionize and Mm -hmm. come together and, and almost like kind of do a protest, if you would, it's like enough of them came together to say, hey, based on this, we're not gonna do that. And then yeah. do companies just be like, okay, we're, that's not a, a you know a battle we're willing to fight. And exactly. if it does get to the point of taking legal action, that's why the Crown Coalition exists because it's a number of different um, companies and resources that have come together in order to be able to provide individuals like you and I or you know the Yankee players with the support needed to be able to say like, hey you have gone against this so legal action will be taken i think i love the point you said it's like policy plus the representation like someone needs to be able to sort of like live the policy out to see if there's any pushback and then maybe take legal action like i think about aaron judge who's like I mean, had a historic season last year. And this year, he was able to sign like a historic contract to re-up with the Yankees. The Yankees need Aaron Judge. And I wish on his contract, he would have been like, I'm only signing this contract if you honor the Crown Act. Mm. Like, that would have been powerful. And people think like, oh, but it's just sports. Like, people don't realize like the amount of eyeballs that this man has on him. Mm-hmm. And the Crown Act typically talks about women and the sort of like discrimination and things that happen to them even in the photos and like the the linkedin and dove study it's all women which is fine but i think it would have been a really dope push for like a historic prestigious well-respected organization that people would do anything it takes to work for and Mm -hmm. be like i'm not putting up with this yeah why do you think that the crown act is more focused on women than men or at least the marketing around the crown act is more focused on women than men that's a great question i don't know but because even in in the stats that you shared from what i heard they were all black women experienced this right so it was it was very focused there it was really interesting and it's rare that even on the podcast men mention their hair as a topic of discrimination Mm -hmm. but i like, I almost have to, like, poke and prod to be like, what about your beard? I feel like I have to bring it up to ask them. Whereas, yeah. like, 
women, it's a bigger point, or at least, you know, in the stories that I've shared on the podcast, it seems to be a bigger point of resistance throughout their life and in a very early point in their lives. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's why these studies and photos typically focus on women, but I don't know. What about you? What do you what do you think the reason is? I think that there are just so many laws and rules, even unspoken, that impact women and govern how it is that we show up in this world and what we can and cannot do with our bodies yeah. and our appearance and literally how we move through this planet. That it's important to focus and highlight on us and on specifically black women who go through these experiences to say just because the majority of corporate america is you know cis white men and don't think about hair and what it means to have long hair or textured hair or whatever because they've set the standard for so long that we should spend time highlighting other experiences and how it impacts them because generally speaking most men aren't thinking about what they're going to do with their hair and how they're going to style it and you know things like that where because women can do so many different things with their hair and black women have so many different styles at their disposal that i think it's important to say there should be no repercussions for showing up naturally or showing up in a way that is relevant to you, your personality, your culture, or just your preference on your appearance. So I think it's important to continue highlighting the impact of these things because the Crown Act, like we talked about before, it came out back in 2019 and they did, they as in Dove, had commissioned a study back then as well. And I don't think that they're necessarily like equal data points or or, um, like data points that line up, but based on what you shared and based on the previous data points from 2019, there has been some improvement. So I do believe that the conversation around the Crown Act and the Crown Coalition and the various petitions are making a difference because Um, Back in 2019, when it first came out, showed that 80% of Black women in the U.S. agree that their natural hair is considered unprofessional in the workplace. 80%. So that's huge versus now, while it's still a large number, you know, not as much. So I think it's important that we continue to do these pulse checks and and focus in specifically on the people that it impacts the most, which is women and specifically black women. Mi gente, that wraps up this week's episode of the Gintuera's podcast. As we wrap up, I want to leave you with this one thought starter. The Crown Act is now policy in the form of bills and legislation, but it started with people that grew into a coalition around this one idea of how to bring change in an area of discrimination that said hair isn't where it ends there's so many different labels and layers of discrimination specifically in the workplace that we all may be experiencing differently if you can start a coalition today and i'm not asking you to write a bill or start legislation just think of a topic and it doesn't even have to affect everybody think of one topic that is discriminatory at work that if you can wave a magic wand, there would be a coalition started and this coalition 
would do all the research, talk to all the people, and write up a bill that would help that would hopefully mirror the Crown Act and would be at the point where they're passing policy federally to protect certain communities. What would that be? If you think of something, please email us because you never know. We may be the coalition that will create the bill and change that you've always dreamed of. I think we have enough public experiences on our podcast to validate whatever you want to start. So email us at hola at plural.com. That's H-O-L-A at P-L-U-R-A-W-L.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor, like, share, comment, leave a rating and review wherever you are listening, because that's the only way that we're going to redefine professionalism. It's by ensuring that these stories and experiences are heard by more people. Thank you and see you next week.